Hello, hello, and welcome back to Whatever This Is, the show without a name yet. And I am your host, Gary Clark. And this is the 30th of April, 2020. And we have how many stories today? Three stories. So first story today, Microsoft to show Xbox Series X games by livestream next week. And this is by Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer.net. Now, Microsoft will show off the first Xbox Series X games in an inside Xbox live stream next Thursday, 7th of May at 4 p.m. UK time. And there's no word on what exactly we'll be seeing, but apparently Eurogamer understands that a number of third-party games to be showcased. And obviously fans are also looking forward to seeing more of the flagship title, Halo Infinite. So 343 might have something to show. If I had to guess myself, I'd say that we'll also see some stuff from Ninja Theory since they announced a few projects and we've kind of seen snippets of it and we've seen a trailer of the next Senua's Sacrifice, Senua's Odyssey. Um, if we were to see more, I'd imagine it would be of those games that already have something that they can kind of prove or show off that people are already excited about. Because that would be a good way to keep up motivation and excitement. Though, they do have other events coming up in the summer. So, they could be holding back some of those. Because they would be ways to elongate this marketing push. Because you got to start out strong. But you got to at least be able to keep up the campaign before it comes out. Or else you're going to have a bum drive. And continuing the article says, We also understand this is the first of a couple of Series X broadcasts from Microsoft laying out more information and footage on its next-gen console and due to launch holiday 2020. And there's also an update here that Xbox executive Aaron Greenberg has confirmed that next week we'll see Xbox's partners show next-gen games during the broadcast and that internal studios have big summer plans reinforcing the fact Microsoft has plenty of first-party projects on the wraps. It will require an additional broadcast to showcase, which I think is going off what I just said. Um, that there is a lot for them to show with so many studios underneath them, like Obsidian, In Exile, Entertainment, which we still haven't seen that much from them. And I'd be excited to see them because they're kind of their genre hasn't seen a lot of action outside of a few select studios like Larian Studios or NXL Entertainment. But that style of game of an isometric RPG that you can build a parody or a single character and go through a vast world that's well integrated and has so much lore and backstory to it. I mean, the Wasteland series, Planescape, and I believe they were also the, um, did the Bard's Tale as well. And, of course, Double Fine might have something to show. But that's up in the air until next week and we can find out what everything is. And the most exciting thing there is being able to finally see something from Next Generation. Because the only thing we have seen so far is just the Senua Sacrifice 2 trailer. Or I should probably call it by its actual name. Instead <laughs> of just Senua, San Senua Sacrifice 2. But that's for another time. And now on to our second story. No Nintendo Direct planned for June due to work-from-home hurdles. This is by Jeff Grubb at VentureBeat. And I'm going to be skipping through this article bits and pieces because it can kind of drag in places that we already know. Now, Nintendo is telling the partner developers it's not going to hold one of its Nintendo Directs in June. Now, they've had one every year at E3 since 2013, 
um, after they did the annual stage presentations because it seemed for them it worked better, especially since they're doing the directs. It kind of makes sense to grow their brand that if they come out every few months with a video direct, that they can come out at their own time and they can do their own marketing around it, not centered around their presentation or convention, that they would do it at E3. But as it says here, the work from home hurdles have been happening because of a culture clash more than anything else, not because of anything to do with I would it would be an issue with privacy and secrecy. Since Nintendo are a very secret company, they don't usually lot, let a lot of stuff leak out. And this seems to be a culture clash. It was a story in the Washington Post also mentioned this, that reporter Simon Denyer explains that many IT departments and corporate strategies haven't changed in Japan since the 1990s. And companies still regularly use faxes and documents. And they have, quote, little awareness of cloud computing of video conference tools and even weeks after japanese prime minister shinzo abe enacted a state of emergency corporations as a company are still trying to catch up and you can't just remold japanese business culture in a, a few weeks but continuing on with the article the venture beat that tech aversion extends beyond the workplace and into people's homes as yuri kageyama writes for ap news Quote, many Japanese lack the basic tools needed to work from home, end quote. This includes personal computers, but often people don't even have Wi-Fi. And the slow embrace of the cloud and other tools, however, is likely less about a fear of technology. Japan places supreme importance on conducting business with face-to-face -face meetings. And decision makers throughout the Japanese economy believe that they cannot show proper respect without appearing in person. And that makes sense given Nintendo's history with um, publishers, manufacturers, and distributors of their consoles, that a lot of the ways that you'd want to get in with Nintendo is actually just meeting up with somebody who was there, an executive or producer, and just having a face-to-face -face conversation. And the longer you can hold their attention in person, the more of a chance you actually have of the more of a chance you actually have of making some deals or having a friendly relationship with them. And this is going back to like, I'd say the 70s and 80s when Nintendo first started considering video games. And continuing on with the article, Nintendo is working through how to maintain its culture while also keeping its workers safe, but that's going to take time. The publisher is also just not sure how to produce a high quality direct outside of a studio. And that's something it may figure out, but again, it's not going to rush through that to meet a June timeframe or for an E3 that doesn't exist. I mean, we do have IGN Summer in gaming, and I'm forgetting Eurogamers was um, Play at Home or something like that, that even though there are other events going to be going on, they don't have to rush it, and considering Nintendo, they probably won't have, I'd say, developer builds of games at people's home, unless they were taking drastic measures, I don't know, considering the times are in now they could be embracing a new way of doing these kind of developments because they can't just halt development of games and um, they usually have kept to their schedules i mean the first two years of the switch i don't think any of their any of their first party titles were actually delayed by even a month so if they're going to keep with that they might have to change some strategies and have to start working from home um, regardless of like direct the games themselves will have to try and keep on schedule though 
everything's up in the air because like they said back in the Nintendo Direct back in March last month, due to COVID-19, release dates and other information are subject to change. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And a third story today. Continuing on from yesterday's um, top story was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It has a name. This is Tom Phillips at Eurogamer again, same as yesterday, because he has been covering the story. And so when the poster was finished, we saw the background is pretty much almost the same as when I was seeing it at the seven hour mark. But it had extra details filled in where you got an idea of the location and the environment that it was going to be placed in. And the new hero is called Ivor. And it is going to be having two different characters, a male and female character. And it's going to be in Viking Britain. But there's also going to be much more. So there is a reveal trailer as well, which I do encourage you to watch because it's nice to see a, a change in aesthetic. Because a lot of these games have usually been very from looking at like the earlier games a lot of the style has not changed so much until we got something like um origins or we got odyssey where it like varied so much and now we're going back to another very different style of aesthetic with having the norse inspired and viking britain it's kind of exciting to see as well that they're making a lot of changes since they've been doing the last few years of trying to iterate everything um, that they're doing since Origins. That this is also going to be, I think, done by... I think this is also going to be led by Ashraf Ishmael, who was the creative director of Origins and Black Flag. So it makes sense that they would want to change things if they're going to have the dude who changed things um, for the series and stopped it from becoming too stale. Um, some things are going to be coming back which were left out in Odyssey like dual wielding you're going to be have you know shield in one hand sword in the other or spear in one hand um, two axes you're going to be having a companion just like you are in Odyssey and Origins with having a raven possibly and there was a kind of tease of gods there was a character who at one point the main character Ivor looked back and saw who he called Odin but I'd imagine, this is just me speculating and not the article, but I would say that that could have something to do with the Apple of Eden, um, the source of power in most of the games. Because if you're going to have a character like that, who pretty much <laughs> he looks a huge amount like Ezio from Ezio de Torre from Assassin's Creed 2 and follow-ups from that, that you could have a time traveler like they did in that or some sort of visions that they're seeing but this would be a way for them to tie it back into it if they're going to be going that way. And anybody who's seen the series The Last Kingdom will know roughly how this is going to feel since it has a lot of the of having a king who is not okay with Vikings or any invaders or people outside of the community coming in. And it's going to be a real outsider approach to it. But what they're taking it from in this, from looking at the trailer is that the Vikings were settlers. They weren't just people who were pillaging and attacking. They did have a sense of community, and they weren't just there to pillage and take places. They were there to just attack the people who were invading them. And it was more self-defense. From what it looks that they're showing here, and this is from also the interview with lead producer um, 
I'm going to get this wrong, but if anybody can tell me what the pronunciation would sound like, Julian Laferrer, um, who is answering all these questions in from Eurogamer. There's the biggest thing is probably going to be also at home base and you're going to be able to customize your character. You're going to be able to customize your longship, which is going to have naval combat. And you're going to be able to raid any military stronghold that you see in the river and customize your longship, but also your home base. So you can attack a military stronghold and you can take the materials back to your home base and be able to upgrade it from there. Same as assassin's creed 3 with connor in the american revolution game that this is going to be about having a home base and having a settled land that you can upgrade and from there you can go off into the world and then come back to it so they're taking parts from earlier games and kind of expanding on it and then they're also taking the approach that they had with origins of trying to iterate and change things around and it seems like a kind of best of both worlds from what I'm seeing anyway, because this kind of aesthetic seems really cool to do. And I think the twist of having a character who isn't as hidden, I haven't played, I played a little bit of Odyssey actually from a friend, but having a game that is about a character being full center without a hood is going to be a big change where almost every character has had that. But as a Viking this is going to be full center a character who does not give does not give an f about where they are or who they are in terms of this bigger picture of history so this is probably the most excited i've been about in assassin's creed is assassin's creed black flag or actually assassin's creed 3 that i'm looking forward to seeing what's going to be happening and i can't wait to actually see any more bits of news that are going to be coming out from this piecemeal um, I think that's every story for me today and thank you very much for listening my name is Gary Clark and if you have a name that you'd like to give for this podcast I'd love to finally have something for it instead of just whatever this is or we can keep it that way feel free to message me and there's also links in the description for where to find all of the links and social media to find thank you very much for listening and stay safe and stay aware